Hey everybody, welcome to the DeFi Mafia podcast here with Dylan and Mike. Just three of us today, no guests. We're our own special guests and uh, we're going to get started. We're going to talk about uh, near eco, stablecoin wars, all types of stuff. Um, just be chill all, today. All the all the crypto Twitter. All the, all the narratives. Yeah. All the, all the yeah, shit. Well, you know. and stable coins, which we'll get into, but which are, I think, much more than just a narrative. So, uh, so what, what should, okay, what are we starting with? Near eco, stable coins. What do we want to start with? I, I think we could touch on the markets. Let's, yeah, like, let's just talk like big, like markets. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Um, here, Mike, let's pull up your chart real quick. Let's see BTC. Oh, BTC. This is or a, whatever you want. There you go. What is this a chart of? <laughs> NASDAQ features. Oh, okay. Got, Beautiful. We yeah. got BTC Miami happening as we speak. And yes. uh, naturally, uh, everything's nuking because, you know, that's how it works. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, interesting week. The only thing that's pumping, of course, is the near eco, which we'll get into, I guess. But uh, near, near the native coin is one of the stronger looking. Uh, you know, large caps right now for sure but uh, everything else kind of just shouldn't bet and you know i mean nothing crazy we, we had two weeks of straight up right and then just yeah down the, like the disappointing part was because on bitcoin right like I, I you know when we got to 48 it was like okay that's the top of the range we started ranging a bit the disappointing part is when we basically fell right through uh 44k at the bottom of the range that's the part where I think a lot of people are a little more bearish now and saying we're going to keep going down. Mike, where do you think we're going? If you had to uh, 42, guess. probably get a bounce and then 40. Like if you're just playing, like this will just, probably be up on Sunday. Just so everybody, we're recording this on Friday, so get for that reference. Like and again, like this is just this is like a simple chart, and if you just look at it, like I highlighted before the stream started, like this is we were in a range for this long ass period. And then it looks pretty good. Like on this candle right there, you wicked it, and it's like, okay, well maybe we flipped the range. Like that's a pretty good signal. And these next candles looks like it's gonna go straight up. And we lost it, and it's like, okay, well if you're just range trading, you're probably playing this to forty, and then right. maybe to like your first stop would probably be like, yeah, forty-two. So makes sense. So we'll probably see forty-two, and then we'll see how we bounce. But we lost the thirty-six EMA, which is the best one to use. Mm-hmm. and uh doesn't look good so yeah and eth isn't honestly looking much better um it kind of looks like it potentially bottomed a little bit here on the daily but uh i don't so. know it just nothing looks nothing looks good so there's no there's not a lot of confidence i don't think in the markets for people to really hit the heavy longs the only thing that's been good is near as far as like the majors um near's been doing well obviously it's had a bunch of catalysts uh, one of the big ones was yesterday. We will be talking about this later. Was there's rumors of a USN coin, a near uh, like version of of Terra, um, unconfirmed, but of people, UST. yeah, of, of UST, and and people have uh, kind of speculated whether or not that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, near like yeah, on the high time frames, it's like okay, cool. We kind of got choked up again. Um, and we didn't really have the umph. We wicked overnight. Uh, we're recording this Friday morning. Overnight, we wicked all the way to like 1950, I think. Um, but we didn't hold. And now, you know, the whole market's going down. So I don't know. I mean, near Eco's like was going to be the play, and it might still be. But near itself needs to lead the way. 
and right now there's a good chance that near might just fall off unfortunately yeah you got crowded super fast dude like i, I think i don't were you in discord the other night i remember uh i saw a couple unnamed influencers start tweeting about pad yeah. or something and <laughs> yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. bro like i I got in on this at like 40. It got to like 60. I was like, bro, I bro, I, I, you know, <laughs> I love, I love McKenna. He's a smart guy, but I was like, he's like talking about Pat. I'm like, dude, I'm like, that shit, I, that sucks. I'm sorry. Like I, you know, we bought it. Okay. I, I, I bought that shit in December and it's a launch pad. That's never launched anything. I don't know what else to say. You know, unfortunately, uh, what am I supposed to do? And, and yeah, okay. It pumped temporarily, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I, I think, I think the, the only thing I'll say is for the long term. Um, I think near is a very good L one. Like I, I tweeted the other day, uh, this is a little controversial take. I think that within 18 months, um, Arbitrum will have more TVL than any of the other L ones, whether it be AVAX, Solana, whatever. And, uh, oh yeah, Dylan with his little dope dope X shirt on right now. Let's let's zoom in for this yeah, one. Yeah. Represent, represent. Yeah, okay. oh, what's on the back? Yeah, show what's yeah, on the back. Yeah, yeah, carrying arbitrage right now. You know. Yeah, you know dude. Team Dope X is going. Team Dope X, baby. Yeah, for so yeah, I think long term, like I think Arbitrum is gonna take over and basically ETHL two in general. Uh, but more than that, I think the only other one that I think could compete would be Near long term. The problem is that Near just doesn't have that much of an ecosystem built out. So like when everybody's going over there, like oh it's available, and like for us, me and Mike are like oh we'll we'll hop in Meta, which is basically Lido of of Near. It's liquid staking. Uh, so we thought, okay, that that might be the play. And it got a little pump, but like everything else, you know, when when uh, the market pulled back, it, it pulled back too. Uh, but you know, there's all this stuff like Tricelaris and uh, Rose I saw, and I saw the, uh, not all Dex coins. Yeah, I don't like Dex coins. That's like kind of my rule. I don't buy Dex coins anymore unless there's something unique about them. Which although, I don't think although, the, although Taiki does have kind of like the the you know ecosystem playbook where he talks about like the good Dex does probably get to like 100 mil. Like obviously you look at Joe or whatever, but it might be that might be dried up too. That's what I'm, the thing is. Try and all these things. They already had their pump. They already yeah. pumped back in like January. So I don't want to buy something that people have been farming for three months and are gonna absolutely dump on me the second it, and it doubles. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Dry though. I did see that they. So remember uh, what was it? Neck. They brought on the founder of that, and apparently they're revamping their tokenomics similar to what joe's doing where it's like everyone's like oh i can just farm joe's thing sucks and now they're adding in i think they're doing something with like v try or something to yeah, negate right. some of that if, it, if so. it's like s that i like what the s joe stuff that stuff is cool i mean the joe is cool too whatever obviously whatever you can boost your products but but the s joe is actually cool like i was hearing messy uh he was on uh the blockmate stream uh shout out blockmates they do a good job uh of doing DeFi content uh they had some good streams this week and yeah messi was talking about that like you know just starting stables on joe um mm-hmm. and like uh you know if you're a long-term believer in avax right like you know avax 100 bucks shows like 120 130 like, you know it's reasonable like to think that might come back to you know uh a higher multiple and uh earning stables is much better than you know, it's nice. It's nice. I think I think one challenge though with the oh, yeah. Joe comparison to like the near stuff. First of all, you have near and Aurora, and so for personally, I'm much more bullish near, not as much Aurora. I think the only reason Aurora really gets a lot of attention is because it's the EVM, right? So it's easy to move over, uh, which is fine. But long term, I don't know 
that like something like try is actually going to have long-term staring power, which I think uh, Joe will on AVAX, right? That's not clear to me with try. That's the thing. I was going to ask, like, so the difference between that is that Aurora is technically a smart contract. So like if, on meta, for example, it's technically on near, but you can still do this, the transactions via Aurora. Do you think that changes anything in how you think of like the ecosystems? Um, no, I know that I know that Meta. Or I'm sorry that uh, Aurora is like is unique as far as uh, like EVMs go compared to others. Um, I think that Aurora, they have like problems um, with their RPC and their block size is kind of weird, uh, which is why a lot of people get failed failed transactions on Aurora. Which I'm, I say, yeah, uh, I the AVAX guys, the AVAX guys were shitting on Aurora. Did you guys see the tweet? Yeah, of course. No, they I did. Of course they were. Of course they were, and you know we, we, we like the red chain and whatnot. We have we've got a buddy over there, but uh, they they no, but legit like they posted a, a block. I think it was like twenty transactions, and it was like eighteen or nineteen of them had failed. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I think that for me, like that is actually the thing I don't like about Aurora is it kind of gives a bad rap to Near because a lot of people's only interaction with Near has been Aurora, and they haven't actually interacted in the Near L one. And the Nero one, I've never had an issue. It's extremely seamless. It's really cheap. It's really fast. It's pretty slick as far as the UI goes. Um, Aurora it's, is it's like... It's comparable to Solana. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's all of Solana. But getting over there is way more difficult. Yeah, I mean, I would... Uh, for not... Versus Solana, I don't know if it's that much more difficult than Solana. Well, I, think it's easy. I honestly think it's easier, to be honest. Well, okay, you guys say that as people with fucking KuCoin accounts. No, uh, I, okay. I didn't use Kuk I used the Rainbow Bridge. Sure, sure. Rainbow Bridge. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. That's a short. That's short term, though. Like when they get listed on other exchanges, it's gonna be they're gonna have the, all right. the same on ramps as Solana. Sure, sure. But I'm talking right now. Like if I want to tell my, you know, Joe Schmo, like one of my buddies I'm about to go hang out with, who knows crypto but doesn't do on chain stuff like us, you know, how to get on near, it's gonna, you know, it's, it's yeah, yeah, closer, course, you know what but... I mean? Like it's not gonna be just like a walk in the park. Yeah, I'm not saying that uh, Near is gonna I'll be. I'll have to send him point one. You know what I mean? It's like I, I'm not saying that Near Near is like like the retail ready chain right now, but I'm saying in terms of uh, the slickness of the UI, the cheapness of the transactions, the speed, it's very good. It's a very good experience. And hey, as you talk about, I mean, Coinbase Ventures uh, was one of the early investors in Near, so there's a good likelihood it probably does get on Coinbase eventually. And then there you go, problem solved. I I agree. The, yeah. Wait, you don't think the I didn't even think you didn't think the moon pay thing with the setting up your near wallet. I mean, I know you we had some problems with it when we were starting out. But... Yeah, I mean, if they if if on uh, that's not on near, that's on MoonPay. MoonPay has a lot of issues. Like my bank blocks MoonPay all the time, so that's more of just like a and that's honestly I think a regulatory thing more than anything else. Uh, but yeah, like I think fiat to crypto on ramping in general is kind of a pain in the ass. Um, no matter which way you do it, even if you're just going through exchange, it's like it's really annoying when you're like, oh, I have to wait five days before I can move this over to on chain, you know, like that type of shit. So it is what it is. I think all that stuff is going to get better over time. But I think but for me, like what I was going to say on, in the beginning is with some of these things like a meta, for example, um, like I think that it, uh, if you're I, I get that, like, obviously, we're all like kind of swing trading and, and more short-term narratives. But in the long term, the difference between something like, like when we were doing like 
like I was farming on harmony and shit like that, right? Like I wasn't long-term bullish on harmony. I just wanted to get early on the farms. You know, that is very different for me with near, whereas near I'm more just bullish long-term on near. So even if like, okay, maybe some of these coins go down a bit, like I'm still going to be in the near ecosystem for a long time and paying attention to it for a long time. Cause at some point it is going to pop off and have a major, major move in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I will preface all that. Yeah, I, I, once you're on there, it's a great experience. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree. Like I, I'm kind of more excited to see what happens on near itself than, than Aurora. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm an EVM man. I like EVMs, but I think everyone is kind of more excited about near. Uh, and, and EVMs are honestly, I mean, what they're, let's be honest, they're mostly marketing, right? They're mostly like, Hey, here's an easy way to get over here. But even like avalanche, right? Their whole thing is, okay, we got you over here using our EVM and now we're going to launch all these subnets, right? And, and Nier is doing the same thing. They want you to get over there easily with Aurora, but eventually they're going to say, no, we want you to probably not use Aurora uh, in the long term. So anyways, um, let's talk about the, yeah, go ahead. USM. USM. Yeah, let's talk about the stable course. That's what I was going to say. So transitioning, there was rumors cool. that you want to lead it? Well, I just want to say, let's make sure we touch on USN. Right, 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 right. So I was going to say, so my uh, my transition was, speaking <laughs> near, there's rumors. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> there's rumors that uh, there's a thing called USN. Mike, do you want to pull that up real quick? Um, yeah, the GitHub or the tweet? Um, the GitHub's fine. The tweet was just screenshots from the GitHub. Um, but basically, if you scroll down there, uh, this is... So, so it started because on the near testnet, there was a coin called USN that was in a pool with uh, Tether and USDC and something else. Um, and so that kind of got attention. And then this someone, uh, Sankit, I believe, on Twitter, Sanket, Sankit, I, f- I forget exactly how to say it, uh, wrote a thread this morning and he kind of dug deep and found this GitHub repo where they talk about USN. And basically right there, the first thing it says is USN is a near native USD stable coin. So some people are saying that USN news is fake. I don't know. Maybe there's a mass inf- disinformation campaign, fake news. I don't know. But this looks pretty real to me. And this is on GitHub. Um, so, yeah. And basically it kind of just shows it's long story short. It's very similar to the UST model where you can burn near and mint USN. Um, very similar to Luna and Terra. Uh, what are your thoughts? It's very interesting that we have all of a sudden this uh, this this new narrative coming up where every chain is going to start launching their their stablecoin. And uh, by the way, full credit, GCR. If you guys do not follow GCR, you need to follow GCR. He literally tweeted this like a week ago. He's like, I think the next big play is you're going to have like all of these chains starting their own uh, native stable coins. And he fucking nailed it because that looks exactly like what's going to happen. I was joking with uh, our friend who uh, works at AVAX. I said, when is AVAX going to launch USA, baby? Come on. It works perfectly. USA. <laughs> USA. Let's pump that. those numbers up, baby. Come on. That's pretty good. So what are your thoughts? I don't know. I don't know yeah. how I feel because uh, I don't know about the sustainability long term. It'll definitely pump things short term. Yo, real quick, shout out to Sanket uh, for that thread. Uh, definitely drop him a follow. It, like, trade aside, please. Like, if you are interested in near that that kid is grinding. Like, he, mm-hmm. you know, he, he loves near. So, okay, and moving on to stable coins. Uh, yeah, uh, USN. Man, it's interesting. 
Like, okay, with UST, UST is clearly becoming, uh, you know, the, the DeFi stablecoin of choice. Um, it's very clear. I've been watching a lot of content on this. Like Doe has been doing a lot of stuff. Um, the Chopping Block, which is a, a really good pod with some of the Dragonfly guys, and Robert Leshner. Uh, they, they, they were talking about it recently. And, uh, like, so basically Doe is trying to export UST outside of Luna. That's kind of the, right. what's, what's going on right now. Right. And it's kind of easier – We'll get into you know why why isn't AVEX doing USA? It's kind of easier for them to to export USC right onto their chain. Hey, you've got you guys have figured it out. Let's just align ourselves with you guys. We'll get into the specifics on that later. And now we can just port this here. Um, but yeah, uh, and it's interesting. Like I I want to touch on one other point. Like don't don't mention die will die. If you guys saw that tweet, right? Yeah. Um, and they were talking about this on the the podcast I just mentioned that chopping block they were going saying uh maker has been so and jose there's a really good uh one more one more uh thing to reference there's a really good debate between jose from delphi and jordy uh, alexander on bankless recently about luna and usd i would highly recommend everyone watch that uh and they touched on this too the maker guys are very caught up on over collateralization max safety Basically, like no risk. How can we make this the like most, like least risk product? What Doe is saying, and this is what Jose made the firm argument on. Your the main focus should be expansion and growth, and you know, like a startup, right? Like a stable coin. Stable coin is crypto's greatest product, and that's what I said earlier. Where like this is much more than narrative. I think the stable coins are just solidifying themselves as the biggest thing in crypto. Like UST might become the biggest coin one day. You know, I'm not saying anytime soon, but one day. Uh, so anyways, all that to be said, like UST's focus right now is growth and expansion and getting off Luna and going on all these other chains and, you know, aligning themselves with, you know, it feels like the board right now of Luna is like jump, 3AC, polychain and Doe, right? And, you know, and now Avalanche is on the board too. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's getting too big to fail. And I think it already is. So Frax, which we'll touch on. So anyways, I, I don't want to ramble too hard, but that's what's going on with USC right now is they're like in max growth phase. And I think they're fucking crushing it. <laughs> so the thing with Luna, and I was talking to someone about this yesterday, kind of explain it, that Doe is my analogy that I used is you ever seen, those uh like pictures of the planes that fly in the eye of the hurricane to like i don't know what they're doing they're like measuring it or whatever you know doing shit you know what i'm talking about but no but good analogy mike go look up for the people look up the, a the picture hur the hurricane of, scanner right pl plane in the yeah. eye of a hurricane so people can know what i'm talking about here okay yeah. this is a brilliant analogy all right i want credit all right so doe is is flying his little plane uh let's in straight through the eye of the storm okay he's got turbulence wind water i don't know whatever it's a hurricane you get the idea and he's in the middle of it so he's okay right now but he knows that he's got to guide this plane perfectly through that storm or else he is fucked okay doe is not stupid doe knows that there is no backing to terra ust and that at some point if there were a, you know, as they say, like a, a multi-sigma variant event, 
that it would collapse because there is no backing, right? Back to the maker thing of they have over collateralization for DAI so that if, you know, DAI is a dollar and then it goes to 95 cents for some whatever reason, and I'm using like extreme numbers, obviously here, just for analogy, there will be people who say, oh, that's a free arbitrage for me to buy in because I know it's fully backed and I can go and buy that back. And so that is how it maintains peg. With UST, there is no peg. There is absolutely, or I'm sorry, there, not, no peg. There is no collateralization. To butt in, we learned, yeah, like we learned in Frax too, like they have, it, like the worst case basically is you get 80% uh, US, right. USDC, right? Uh, but no, for sure. Let me finish. Hold on, hold on. I just want to chime in. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing with him is there is no collateralization. And so if that DPEG were to happen, yes, maybe there's some gamblers out there who are like, oh my God, UST is 95 cents. I could get this ARP. But the problem is that that's very risky because there's also a bunch of people who hold UST. And you're thinking, hmm, do I want to keep this and pray and hope that it goes back to peg, knowing it has no collateralization, or run out the door now before everybody else, right? And this is how you get a bank run. And this is how all of a sudden the peg goes to 90 cents and 85 cents and 80 and then fucking zero because there's absolutely no collateralization, okay? And Doe knows this. He's not dumb. This is he's, he, There's a reason why he doesn't come on podcasts and debate these things because if you kind of say that he doesn't really have an answer let's just be honest anyways uh though you're invited if you have a counter um anyways that's why he started the bitcoin thing right that was step one okay cool we're gonna we're gonna have some bitcoin backing cool um you know not clear exactly what percentage it might be like 30 percent, something like that backed by bitcoin all right it's better than nothing at least right i'll give him credit there uh and it obviously gets the whole community excited because this is where doe is brilliant and i mean absolutely brilliant he knows how to get people excited about his shit he got pure bitcoin maxis who hate everything under the sun to all of a sudden be fans of luna because he was going to pump bitcoin right and he knows that if he's pumping bitcoin it helps the whole like everything in crypto go up right and so people got very excited and all of a sudden a bunch of people who were probably didn't care about luna or anti-luna or maybe like ah, maybe doe's not such a bad guy Right. So that's step one. Now he's doing partnerships with Avalanche. Now he's getting curve pools with Frax and all these guys. Why? Because if you have this massive amount of liquidity, then you're able to maintain peg better. And so he is that plane flying through that storm, knowing that if he can make it, that this grand bet, this grand uh, experiment could work and he could survive. But he is still in that storm and he's still got a long way to go. And the way he's going to do it is by using the assets to buy shit like Bitcoin, maybe some AVAX partnerships, increasing his liquidity on all these different chains. As you said, Dylan, he's trying to make UST everywhere because then if he can get to the point where UST is the 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 narrative of of the de facto everyone UST. yeah, everyone recognizes UST as this valid thing so that when it does slightly depeg, there will be people who are confident that they can go in and buy up that peg, then he can survive. All but right, that's two, the game he's playing. Two, two things. One, to chime in, like, there's a proposal right now that Jump is going to, like, basically plug plug the peg hole at 98 cent or 97 cent. I forgot which one with Bitcoin or whatever. So that's, like, the stopgap, right? Like, if they, you know, yeah. there's, there's a Bitcoin buy then. So but Jump doesn't thing. have unlimited money either. They no, I know, lot, but I'm just saying, but... like, right now, like, so, like, it, it's important to know that, uh, that there's a plan in place. Like, I think that's a, that's a current proposal, uh, last I checked. But, um, 
The other thing I was going to say was uh, Jose mentioned this on, on the, the pod. I mentioned that uh, basically it's like, you know, kind of their thought. And I guess a lot of other like DeFi protocols, you think this and probably other, other big firms, it's like, uh, you know, you come to the consensus where like you, they trust that more than USDC because USDC can be censored or, you know, like black, you know, all that sort of. So like, yeah, there like basically there's always a risk. There's always a, uh, you know, costs and benefit to any sort of stablecoin model, centralized, decentralized, algorithmic or not. And uh, UST is coming to the point where it, it'll probably be the best option. Um, that seemed reasonable to me. I mean, I love USDC. I, I, that's where most of my stables lie, but, uh, and I kind of trust it the most because it's like a bank. But at the end of the day, if I was like a DeFi protocol or, you know, you know, there are different reasons why you might not want to use a centralized stablecoin like that or like, yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, so Luna, okay, so Luna did have a DeFi scare. I think it dropped to what, like 80 cents or something, right? What what happens if Bitcoin is at like 20K and Luna's at like 20 bucks and there's like two mega capitulations? Do you think UST survives that? Well, it, it had a worse chance before the Bitcoin reserves. Yeah, no, but like, right I'm, now, I'm, saying, I'm saying right now, like we go into there, a, like, there was a, a massive the, recession, right? If there was a run for the door right now on UST, if all of a sudden everybody was like, you know what, I don't trust this anymore. This is getting too big. It would absolutely collapse. And there is no denying that. And anybody who says that is either a bag holder or probably getting financially incentivized to deny that fact. And why, why would UST do all these things start why would they start trying to say oh no we're gonna be backed by things if they didn't need to be right because that makes you less capital efficient when you have to be backed so why are they all of a sudden saying no we're gonna be partially backed because they know that they'll collapse without it and they'll even still collapse with it right even if it's 30 percent bitcoin doesn't matter right like you know a 70 percent drop will murder any stable coin and so uh yeah yeah no he knows he knows and that's why there's so many people that are like very there the people who are like very uh staunch against ust are because they say it creates a systemic risk that the bigger and bigger and bigger it gets in crypto if dylan like you said it does become the biggest stable coin in crypto and it's a 500 billion dollar market cap stable coin and it collapse it could be crypto's lehman brother event Right, and, except and, uh, we don't have a federal uh, government to step in and save us. So That's a follow-up question. They're definitely. I, I've seen that take. I definitely have seen that take. There are definitely. I, there are people saying. I'm not saying they're on the right side of the fence either. I, I'm actually pretty sure they're not. Uh, but uh, that definitely could could be an outcome. Uh, Doe Do even said on a on a pod, and this was kind of scary. Definitely, like depending on how you look at it, which was like. He, I forget his exact wording, but it was something along the lines of like, we want it to be if USD fails, so it's crypto. Or like it will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He tweeted that. He literally yeah. tweeted that. Like, that. that's not cool. Yeah. No, he, he literally. I was like, I think I tweeted this like last week. I was like, oh, so Doe basically said, if I go down, you're coming down with me. And it's like, okay, cool, man. And uh, he knows. He knows, like, again, the, the, the different, I think the Lehman Brothers is the perfect analogy where it's like you have all this systemic risk and it's not a question of if, but when it will collapse, right? You can't just have this 
you know, Fugazi system built on top of each other to steal from Wolf of Wall Street here, right? It's like if you have this Fugazi system where it's just hope and prayers that the peg maintains, at some point something's going to happen. You know, uh, Black Swan, okay, Mr. Taleb, right? Shit happens and you're never going to expect it, but it's going to happen. And the difference is that unlike Lehman Brothers, uh, we don't have the federal government who's going to come in and print a trillion draw dollars and save us. So what happens if that collapses? It could be catastrophic across everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, and again, I, I'm rooting for Doe in the sense that I want UST. I want a, a decentralized stablecoin to be the default, right? I don't want it to be USDC or any other type of like centralized coin. Um, this is why I'm like a Frax guy, because I think Frax is like the right model. And by the way, obviously plug, we had Frax founder on last week. And and uh, I think Kirk from Volt, uh, who was on last week too, made a very good point where I think you'll end up seeing multiple stablecoin options. It won't be like one end all be all. Um, and that it'll just be that you have different risk profiles for stable coins. And that as long as people are able to fully understand that like, okay, something like DAI is ultra secure, but maybe it's not going to have all of the capital efficiency of something like a Frax or a Terra or whatever. Uh, as long as people understand that and that's transparent, you know, they can do it at their own risk. The problem is I think a lot of people do not understand how these stable coins work. And are kind of being fooled, and they're gonna get hurt if this thing collapses. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't think anyone wants USD to fail, like you said. It's just more like you know, this could have catastrophic effects on everything. And it's like we can't, we don't want to get to that point, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you know, the other, even more dangerous thing I would say is like, I don't know if you start having USN and like all these other ones popping up now. Um, could be dangerous, man. Could be dangerous. Um, like the like people need to separate themselves from the pump for a second, right? Because I know that these things are like very bullish catalysts in the near term. But like if you're talking, imagine let's fast forward a couple years and uh, you know, crypto is even much bigger today and stable coins are like in the absolute spotlight of you know regulators, and then all of a sudden like one of these events happens and they completely collapse that gives regulators every excuse to come in and say, we need to absolutely regulate all these stable coins. We're going to outlaw anything that is not completely under the, you know, oversight of the U S treasury, right? Like that is a very real scenario. And I don't think anybody in crypto wants that to happen. That's the thing. Yeah. Good point. All right. Um, anything else to say on the stable coin topic? All right, uh, let's move on then. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. We met. We didn't talk about the four pool with Frax real quick. Just like real quick, brief. Uh, like US UST uh, also in, in on the topic of them partnered with with Frax uh, for uh, this new four pool on Curve, uh, which is presumably going to be the biggest one. So uh, you know, kind of just to round round out this discussion on UST, taking taking a much bigger jump to be a much bigger part of uh, Ethereum DeFi and not just Ethereum, but EVM. Uh, so, uh, and obviously Frax being another partner there. So, um, it include die. Interesting. I will die, baby. <laughs> no. All and right. that was one of the things that like die could easily be in that pool if they wanted to, but maker is very like in their own camp and decided that they don't want to. 
basically. Yeah, that, that's just, just not gonna work, bro. Like you have to be like, I don't, I don't understand. Like every single person we've had on here said collaboration is the key, and it's like if you're not gonna be collaborative, it's like, bro, like it's not gonna work. Yeah, and it it hurts me because like I remember when Maker like in 2017, I was so hyped about Maker. I was like, oh, this is the sickest thing ever, right? It was one of the OG like DAOs. It was like it was like, oh my god, they're making this stablecoin, blah 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 blah, and they've just fallen off. And I get it. Like they're the the credit I'll say is they're obviously very principled and they stick to their guns. And I really respect people who don't care what the whole world is saying and will just like, no, I have conviction in this. But there's also just the pure strategic aspect of, hey, you're gonna get beat. You know that, right? You're gonna get beat. Even like Frax or like a, something like Volt, which is Volt is taking the die approach of being fully collateralized, but they're collaborating with Frax and all these other guys. And they're doing obviously the new innovation of the FPI thing, right? Being pegged to the CPI. So like, just because you have principles doesn't mean you also can get away with never innovating and just doing the same thing forever. And by the way, you know, die is not that decentralized. They're I think it's like half of their reserves right now are USDC. So that they're just a, they're almost like, like the joke is like, they're just wrapped USDC at this point. Right. So I, I think, I think calling die like this ultra decentralized thing is honestly misleading too. It's a shame. It's a shame. We need a, we need new leadership in maker. Maybe, maybe that'll make a difference. Well, the um, guys are doing that. Yeah. Are they? Okay. Parify guys are basically trying to like restructure the governance, but that's that would that would be that would be bullish, honestly. Um okay, let's move on to let's talk about butterfly a little bit, transitioning still in DeFi since they're kind of involved in a lot of this stuff. They were very much involved in the four pool um in making that happen uh with their with their massive amount of convex that they own combined with frax. Um let's pull up here. Mike has the chart. Yeah. Where do you want to start, Dylan? You want to start? Yeah, you guys, you guys should give like a give like a brief intro about what Butterfly is, just in case we have new people. Yeah, listening. yeah. So, well, we had them on uh, about a month and a half ago, and uh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but people called like it initially started as a you know uh, one of these like own based DAOs, but uh, and it has a rebase model. It is now shifting their tokenomics to a new model. Uh, there's a uh, R locked butterfly and G locked governance locked butterfly. So revenue and governance locked butterfly. Um, and so that, so basically the two things you got to know are they uh, are upgrading their tokenomics and uh, to a V2 model. And then they're announcing this thing called the hidden hand. I'll get into the hidden hand in just a sec. Uh, but yeah, we had them on the pod and, you know, uh, you, David's talked about them before too. You can see a lot, uh, a big chunk of their treasury is convex and curve. So it's kind of like a leverage bet on convex curve. If you guys aren't, you know, familiar with that whole, you know, thing. You, you, anyone who listens to this probably is. So anyways, uh, hidden hand is, it's really interesting. And I've been learning about it recently a, a little more. Uh, it's basically a marketplace for, for curve governance. So the real, you're, you might ask who the hell wants this. The real <laughs> use case for this is protocols. So it's like DopeX, I heard Astro and these Luna, like Anchor, Luna dApps and stuff that now need curve liquidity, right? These, So these are the clients of Hidden Hand. 
Because basically it's like, right, like these guys have no curve or conduct, right? So they can't guide these emissions, but they can bribe or, you know, pay the, the butterfly guys to basically drive it to them for a bit or for however, whatever time is desired. And uh, so that is what hidden hand is. So it's a marketplace for curve governance in short. Interesting. Mike, right, I'm going to send you. Yes. I'm going to send you a little, uh, if you look in the, uh, our group chat on DeFi Mafia on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted this yesterday. If you could pull up the tweet, um, I was saying how people don't really understand the value of governance tokens. Governance tokens get a really bad rap. And that's because um, it's in the it's in the most recent, if you go to the uh, chat. Yeah, I'm pulling, I'm just pulling up a different screen. Okay, cool. Um, so anyways, so people don't understand the value of governance tokens because they kind of don't really have a lot of value accrual. And so I tweeted this yesterday. I said that, uh, like here, I'll just read it. Governance tokens need a rebrand. I said influence tokens over governance tokens. I said when you influence token, when you own influence tokens, you either could keep them for their dividend, which would be bribes, or sell them at a premium to the hungry buyers. I said influence is the most undervalued asset in DeFi right now. And then on right below that, I said another way to put it is what sounds more valuable to the retail investor: buying a governance token or buying an influence token. And I think that reframing is going to help people. And so I, I, I CC'd Sammy and Canando, the founders of Cart, uh, Redacted. And Mike, I sent a screenshot. Sorry, Canando. You know, you replied this. I'm going to put it out there. I know you deleted it immediately. But basically, he said, packaging influence as a product uh, outside of the bribe paradigm is the biggest challenge. Easier for players to rent voting powers than to buy it but I don't want to leak too much alpha. And then he kind of deleted it within a minute, but I was like, oh, well, I'm going to screenshot that one, buddy. Sorry. Uh, basically, uh, governance tokens and influence, as we've seen, like Curve Wars is just the first little hint of that that we've seen. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot more. Like the analogy I gave, me, Dylan and I were talking about this yesterday, I was like, Ave is a good example, right? So like Ave is a token that doesn't have a ton of value approval because they only collect fees through like basically the the, the interest, right? They collect a, a small percent, I think it's 0.03% of the interest earned on the platform. So even though they have a $20 billion TVL, they're collecting a very, very, very small amount of fees. What's more valuable? the fees that are going to be accrued or having influence over the Aave lending pools. Because if you have a bunch of governance tokens for Aave, then you can now go and create, you can basically create proposals and vote to approve new lending pools on Aave. And so you could have other protocols who say you're a smaller up and coming protocol and you want to get a lending pool on Aave, but you don't have that type of pull. Well, now you could go to something like Redacted and you could rent temporarily and pay a fee to have access to those governance tokens, or in my, like I said, influence tokens. And now you can influence what lending pools are available on Aave, and then you can give them back, right? This is kind of the brilliant innovation that uh, Redacted is working on. I don't think people are really paying attention. On top of that, like value basis, uh, they have roughly a hundred million dollar treasury market caps, like 180 mil. So really their, their net enterprise value to be a, a trad term, uh, is like $80 million. Um, 
I think that they're probably the most undervalued DeFi protocol right now, besides maybe Frax itself. And they also own a bunch of Frax. So there you go. It's like a little double exposure there. Um, yeah, Dylan, your thoughts? Does that make sense, Mike? What I was saying, we were I was kind of talking to Mike about this before the podcast. Yeah, yeah no, that was a good clarification. Yep. No, well said. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I'm not definitely not trying to shell too hard. I, we did have a no, and, and, and they, they are, just... they, they're good guys. They're smart. They're smart founders, legit. And like, uh, you know, honestly, if you're listening, it, it's definitely something where I think a lot of people don't really understand what's going on. So, uh, and like, um, if, there's been kind of rumors like I think Convex is going to get listed on Coinbase some soon or something, or like mm. I think I can't remember what it was, but it was something about it, it became apparent that. Coinbase probably has like a pretty large stake in Convex or has mm -hmm. a stake, right? Uh, so the reason I bring that up is because we were talking about, we just spent this whole episode talking about stable coins or the majority of it. Uh, I said earlier, it's not just a, it, it's a narrative now, but it's also, I think, probably going to be the biggest thing, period, in crypto. It's just like the best use case. We've all used USCC at this point. It's a better product than PayPal. Uh, but like the, uh, the reason I say this is just like if, Coinbase is kind of playing the long game, right? With Convex, then like, yeah, Butterfly is probably assuming they're, they're going to be here, which I definitely think they are. You know, it's uh, probably a reasonable bet. Right. And Butterfly gives you this exposure to all of these uh, strategy games, I guess you could say, that all of these protocols are playing, whether cool. it's we call war, strategy games, whatever, right? Go ahead. Well, now. and actually, just to another thing related uh recently balancer uh announced some yeah. some recent updates to their tokenomics and uh another project related to, to zero x maki and uh butterfly also announced a partnership with them uh presumably you know they're, they're another client right of the hidden hand like you know so mm -hmm. um you know it's just it, 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 it's a little between the weeds. Like, I feel like it's like, you're like the Charlie, right? On the, uh, it's always sunny. If you're the curve horse guy. Yeah. 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 But that's it. You're connecting that's, the that, dots. Right. That, but that's what it is. But like ultimately like, like the way the, the epiphany I had about redacted was just very simply like, okay, like I said, if you don't think about governance tokens as that you think about it as influence tokens and you own a ton of influence. Well, what is that influence worth? Right. What is being the most influential protocol that can control where liquidity goes, what, what partnerships happen, all of these different things? What is that worth? That's probably worth a lot, probably worth a lot more than 80 million dollars that they're valued at now, especially when you look at, uh, I think, the potential growth of the whole DeFi space. Like you said, if you think that stable coins are going to grow a lot, well, Redacted has relationships with Frax, UST. Oh, Olympus, who obviously Olympus themselves own a ton of different uh, governance protocols or uh, governance tokens as well, right? Like all these things are kind of connected and redacted is kind of this little, little beautiful butterfly at the center of it all. As you said, the it, the hidden hand is the perfect analogy, right? They're kind of the, they're, they're the guys behind the scenes making shit happen and collecting money along the way, except instead of in the old world where it's like a couple bankers behind closed doors, Anybody can go buy butterfly token and get access to this, right? And so that's the difference. All shills aside, uh, you know, I wouldn't shill something if I didn't actually believe it. If I'm wrong, I will go down this with the ship, okay? Well, I'm like Doquan, okay? If I'm wrong, you guys are going down with me. Anyways, uh, anything else to say about Redacted? Uh, oh, and Pyrex is the other thing that they're 
uh, going to launch soon. Not a lot of details on it yet, but it's basically a little more of what we're talking about in terms of uh, uh, renting, basically, uh, governance tokens. And and I'll say Catalyst, uh, as Dylan mentioned, April they've got Butterfly V2. Uh, what was the other Catalyst again? I forget. Hidden Hands. Or Hidden Hands, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they got those two and then Pyrex coming down the, down the uh, uh, pipeline. So you got three potential major Catalysts. On top of just, I think... Uh, if all the stablecoin growth happens, these guys are going to grow too. Um, yeah, that's that was kind of my my end point too. Yeah. Um, you any, think Butterfly gets back to all time highs? Um, I don't know, just because the supply was a lot smaller back then. Remember they they had like three hundred thousand right, yeah, percent APR. Asking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like Butterfly being a billion dollar protocol is not crazy at all, and that would and be the emissions. The, the emissions will be up. Uh, I think they reduce. This this month, yeah. but then I think they'll be up like in June or July, like completely. Like, right, and and so. like you said, Dylan, the information asymmetry, not to kind of steal your word, is like most people still think of oh butterfly, it's like an ohm fork, right? Oh, all the ohm forks are dead. No, yeah, no, they're they just, not. They just think about this, right? Exactly, exactly. Which is fine. I mean, it's like it's a good setup. It's like yeah, I mean, most charts look like this. So it's like yeah, why wouldn't this one be any different? But it's like most of them aren't changing their tokenomics, so. Right. Yeah. And, most, yeah. Most of them aren't deep in the curve convex game, which is like, yeah. And yeah, and yeah. of all, of yeah. all the like ohm forks, it's like what were most of these ohm forks? They're just Ponzi's, right? They're like, oh, this is a really cool model for pump and dumps. Cool, right? But these guys said, oh, we can take the model and actually use it to acquire all of these high value influence tokens, and then create value down the road and create all these new mechanisms. And now we can we don't need that bonding mechanism in the same way anymore. We can cut the APR or APY, so that we don't have all that dilution. And now all of a sudden, the chart that people are seeing here, because they think it's just a typical ohm fork chart, it's not, because they're not even on the ohm model anymore. They just used it to acquire all of these things and set themselves up for the future. That's basically the the pitch on Butterfly. So anyways, I think we covered the bases there. If people want to get really in-depth, you should go listen to our podcast with them. We spent like over an hour, went through the whole shebang. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Anything else for today, guys? Uh, pudgy penguins, pudgy penguins. Pudgy penguins. <laughs> yeah, they got their little resurgence. They got acquired finally. Um, I sold my my beautiful blue rod. I had it listed for like four months, and someone Jeebus actually bought it. Believe it or not, it was, it was pretty funny. Jeebus wow. himself bought it. Um, I did. I, I had to get a little nibble. You know, for people who don't know, I was an OG uh, pudgy penguin. Had a few back in the day, but I sold them all. Rightly so, because they completely dumped. So I'm glad I sold them. But I had to get. I didn't want to go full pudgies, so I went little pudgies. I think that's my the the mutant ape to the board ape play. Uh, I was talking to our friend uh, Mr. Bogfather, who owns a ton of penguins, and he was like, "Yeah, bro, it's a it's a good buy. Trust me, trust me." It, the, 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 the little the 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 pudgy mentals are there, bro. Trust me. Yeah. Thanks everybody for watching. As all, oh, we're gonna we're gonna revamp the Substack. All right. We've been we've been a little little slow on the Substack as far as the newsletters go. Writing is a lot of work. We've been busy. Yeah. Website coming out. soon. Pump out some new articles. Good alpha. Yeah. Subscribe boy, to that. Your boy got a job, and I haven't been doing as much Rafi stuff. But we yeah we gotta we gotta start writing again. But we're trying to keep the pod once a week. So and thanks for everybody sticking with, and we appreciate it. it was the Frax yep. episode. We got fucking listed on Daily Eight. What's up, yeah. baby? Mafia's on the come up. So we'll, we're, we're, Shout you know, out Darren Lau. 
Yeah, more to come. So sorry, sorry for the slack and the little guys. Thanks got for some, everybody. Got us. some cool guests coming up. Uh, if any guests want to come on, just is up. I'll say this: our track record of of coins pumping after the guests come on is impeccable because it every really time. Is. I mean, look at what happened. Frax comes on the podcast; it doubles in a week. You know, well, we, so if you want your coin to double, come on the DeFi Mafia podcast. We've had good, we've had good guests. We've had good guests. Redacted, Frax, Jack, Jordy. Yeah, it's the Bangers. DeFi Mafia effect. Bangers. All right. Exactly. I heard Jordy's net worth doubled after he came on the podcast too. You know, it's just it's all over the board, all, across right. the board. See ya. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs>